You are here with Kari and Catherine, and this is for Church Girls Only. Real conversations for today's church girl, navigating life with salvation in mind. Hey, church girls. Hey, church girls. Welcome to the second episode in our um, May series talking about um, better speech and communication. Um, if you missed the last episode, and don't mind my voice, my sinuses are kicking my butt right now. So I apologize for those who cannot see me and are listening like, Harpo, who this woman? Um, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> Hopefully, as I as as we talk, my voice will clear up a little bit. But um, if you missed the last episode, um, we you know we're kind of introducing our series for the month and uh, talking about how better communication and speech is um, a really important aspect of being a church girl. Like knowing how to communicate with people and how people communicate with you is incredibly essential in, you know, kingdom work. And I don't think we necessarily think about it that way, but because there are so many scriptures that talk about, um, you know, how we speak to each other, how we treat each other's each other and how we communicate. Um, it, it was really important for us. And, you know, as, as Cara and I kind of talked about, like, God was like, yes, I'm gonna need y'all to open y'all mouth on this situation and talk to the girls. So here we are talking about this. Um, this episode is guarding your garden. And baby girl, when I tell you, God is trying to tell you something right now, right now, right now. <laughs> um, yeah, when Michelle sees that, she's gonna laugh because I did that to her the other day and I laughed so hard I snorted and I had to get off the call. Like it was terrible. It was awful. Like I have no sense whatsoever. Um but yes, guarding your garden. So the scripture for this episode is one of our favorites, uh Proverbs 4:23, and the New Living Translation version. When I was, you know, we were preparing for this episode, I pulled up this version and it immediately um, reminded me of something. I was like, I've got to tell my girls about this. Um, so the scripture says, um, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And that's the New Living Translation version. And just pulling up that scripture kind of took me back to like, my past. And I was immediately able to see how I did not guard my own garden. I didn't guard my heart because when we, when we talk about the scripture, I think it's, it's thrown at relationships. It's like, you know, if you're dating, you know, make sure you guard your heart. And we have, we don't get below the surface to understand what that me really means and to understand how we need to guard our heart. So um, you know, my personal experience, and I think I've spoken about it, you know, briefly on this uh, podcast is that um, when I got out of, when I was right out of high school, I dated this guy um, and I won't say where I knew him from because then people know who he is, but 
Um, I dated this guy for three and a half years and it was a very mentally and emotionally abusive relationship. Um, one time it got physical, but it like the mental and physical abuse, um, because I was not understanding what it meant to guard my heart and the things that he was saying to me, the things that he convinced me to believe about myself. Um, and the biggest part, and I think what women who are in those kind of toxic relationships, um, you know, kind of, they don't recognize the seriousness of the situation because he was putting those things into my spirit and started making me believe that I could not do better than him, that he was essentially my only dating option because he knew that, you know, at 1920, I was like, okay, my goal is to get married. Like I need to be with someone. And if I stay with this guy long enough that, um, you know, he'll see my value, he'll see my worth and marry me. And I stayed in that relationship. Um, until I met someone who was better, you know, on the surface, he was, he was treating me better. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is not the end all be all. But what happened was one thing I noticed off the bat for seven years of my life, I couldn't even take a compliment. Like I felt so much shame and I felt unworthy when someone, you know, would even say, oh, you're so nice. You're so pretty, all these different things. And I'm like, that's not true. I'm not a pretty person. Like, I don't, you know, you shouldn't be saying that about me because you don't know me. And, and, you know, you say I'm pretty, but here's a list of all of my flaws, you know, seven years because I allowed this person to speak negativity into my life for three and a half years. So that was 10 and a half years of my life that I walked around and, and did not know and was not able to acknowledge the words that God would have me know, the things that he would have me know about myself, about how precious I was, how loved I was, how I was, you know, a royal diadem in a crown. Like I, I did not believe those things. I didn't know those things. I didn't hear like none of it because of this one person who I allowed to plant these seeds into my spirit. So when we're talking about you know, guarding your heart. And as this episode is titled guarding your garden, like this is some serious business because if you don't, and you allow those seeds to be planted, like the scripture says, it determines the course of your life because 10 years, 10 and a half years of my life, I, you know, went from bad relationship to bad relationship. I, you know, had, you know, toxicity. I had negativity, um, hurt, loss of self, all of these things. And because of that, it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And it completely obliterated my spiritual walk and my relationship with Christ because of this one person. So this is serious business. And I, I, I just, I wanted to share that with y'all <clears throat> because, you know, we can be lighthearted, but, you know, we're speaking the words that God has put on our heart to share with you because we know that there's someone that needs to hear this. This is serious business when we talk about guarding your garden. So welcome to the episode. <laughs> Lean in, sis. Come close. Yes. Yes. So 
Um, I'm sure that you're probably wondering why we titled this episode Guarding Your Garden. Um, but as Catherine and I were, you know, going over this episode and talking about, you know, how we were going to deliver this message to you, I was thinking about um, an analogy that I use very often when it comes to setting good boundaries and being very selective about what you allow people to pour into you. Um, and I told her, I was like, I call it guarding your garden. And so the concept of guarding your garden is that, you know, your heart, your mind, and I think we talked about it maybe on another episode, but your heart and your mind are a very safe and sacred place. And you cannot allow people to just deposit whatever they want to deposit there. Right. Um, you know, <clears throat> when you talk about guarding your garden, it's basically saying that, God has created you and is cultivating you to be something that's not only beautiful, but also serves a purpose and is, like the scripture says, meant to produce fruit. Right. And so, um, you know, when you have bad things growing in your garden, it causes you to have deficiencies in producing what God intends for you to produce. And, you know, it's very hard to... Um, to move forward or to grow when there are bad things that are in the way and like basically taking away the nutrients that are in the soil. Um, and so we'll get a little bit more into that as we, you know, give you more tips on how to, you know, not only guard your garden, but what to do if you have given, you know, space and room to negative and bad things. Right. So I guess, you know, what we want to say, and, and I'm thinking about like, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person who has, you know, done this. Um, you know, there are certain characteristics that toxic people and people who are going to be emotionally and mentally abusive will exhibit. And, um, you know, someone who is belittling to you, um, if they tear you down or tear other people down. So, yeah, and I know everybody's mamas probably said this. But um, they, you know, the advice, the sage advice, if they gossip with you, they'll gossip about you. And I was like, you know what? You're right about that. And and so that was also, um, you know, as an aside, you know, a reason for me to be like, OK, I need to need to calm down on my gossiping because I know if I'm going, girl, let me tell you, they're going to run back and be like, girl, let me tell you about Catherine. Mm -mm, I don't want nobody talking about me like that. But, <laughs> um, you know, if they if they talk, if they gossip with you, they'll gossip about you. Um, and then, you know, someone who is always negative and people who are always pessimistic, like, you know, we're going to have times where, um, you know, things aren't going the way that we expected. We, you know, have the emotions where we're kind of feeling down about some things. But, you know, when you have joy in the Lord, you can you can be down and sad and not be negative. You know, there it's an art, but it can be done. Um, and, you know, and our favorite negative Nancy, you know, I think we talked about her on a, <laughs> a few episodes back. You know, someone that is just always, you know, they always see the bad or the worst situation in every single thing. Like those are incredibly toxic people. And, you know, it it's only a matter of time that you start, you know, if you spend all of your time around these people, you have, you know, toxic, belittling, negative people in your life. It's only a, um, a matter of time before 
those seeds start planting in you and then they start, and then you start showing the same fruit. So understanding that these people, you know, and, and not to say that you hate them, you know, everybody is fighting their own struggle, but understanding, you know, what their spirit is and deciding like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a daughter of the King. I can't allow this, this typical, this type of, uh, seed to be planted in my spirit. I need to start making some moves because I'm gonna have to love you and pray for you from a distance while I'm over here doing, you know, kingdom work in 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 Christ. Like I gotta do what I gotta do, and best of luck to you. <laughs> that yeah, that entire part says, you know, it's it's. I think that, and I want to give this disclaimer because I feel like as church girls, especially church girls. Mm -hmm. um, we have this concept of loving others that's a little bit off, like, you know, loving others to the extent where it's like self-detrimental or yes. loving people, you know, past all of their flaws, but allowing them to dump their toxicity on us. Like, yes. I don't think that's what Jesus died for. Um, and, and we have to understand that, you know, the scripture says that he wills that we will prosper and be in health, even as our souls prosper. So I believe that when he says for us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and we talked about this in other episodes too, you know, that yes, we love others, but we love ourselves. We got to love yes. ourselves first. We got to yes. make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe and that we're protecting the gift that God has deposited in us um, and not allowing people to just treat us and belittle us and berate us um, because I don't believe that's what God intended when he says to love others. And honestly, that's not love. You know, right. you can still have compassion towards a person. You can still have charity towards a person and not allow them to um, put their hurt or their um, toxicity on you. There's a way to do that. And that's really what we're trying to bring out today in guarding your garden. It's not that, you know, you label a person as bad or, you know, that you judge them or say like, oh, you know, they're just a terrible person. Mm -hmm. But it's literally saying you're not healthy for me. You're not benefiting me. You're not adding to what God is doing in my life. I mm -hmm. can't allow you to take away from that. Yes. And, you know, it's it's. I wasn't even thinking about it until you said that right then. But, you know, just the beginning of last year, I found myself in that situation where um, there was someone that I had known for like 13 years. And for that entire amount of time, I spent my life trying to be friends with them, trying to make them like me trying to figure out what I was doing wrong that they didn't feel like I was worthy of friendship. And I chased them for 13 years, you know, and saying it now, I'm like, you idiot, like, what were you doing? Like, you know, Jesus is like, baby, come, come here. And I'm like, but I need to go over there and talk to them. He's like, okay, well, when you get done, I'm gonna need you to come back over here. Um, but you know, and I got to the point and I was so afraid because I was like, well, what if we're never friends? Like what is going to happen? What are people are going to think? And I, and it was literally, you know, just the Holy spirit speaking to me and saying, you know, everybody likes this person, you know, how your relationship is with them. They, 
they may not be toxic for other people, but they're toxic for you and you need to let it go. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can do that. <laughs> you know, and and it's it's one of those things like we have, I think we have this need to, you know, when we know somebody is like not a good person, we need to tell everybody. And that is not, that is also not what God wants us to do because, you know, that is sowing seeds of discontent. And it was one of those situations where I was like, I just need to step away. If if they are really this negative person, other people are going to see it. It's not my place to go out and start gossiping and spreading rumors. And sure enough, you know, it started happening. And then, you know, I was having conversations with people and I was like, yeah, you know, I just realized that they were toxic for me. You know, they might they might have great relationships with other people, but they're toxic for me. And what that toxicity, you know, for me looked like was, you know, jealousy, envy, disdain, um, you know, the sin of comparison, um, you know, it, and just like all of these different thoughts and emotions that welled up every time I was interacting with them because they didn't like me. My mission in life was to make them like me and it just was not going to work. You know, some people just don't like you, you know, not everybody. And I had to learn that, you know, the hard way many times that not everybody is going to like you. Um, but you know, finally recognizing that this particular person was toxic for me and I needed to sever that, you know, semblance of a relationship. That was the only thing that allowed me to move forward and start walking in my purpose because trying to keep up with that person was stopping me from doing what God had commanded me to do because I was too busy being distracted by why doesn't this person like me? So, you know, having a toxic person in your life, it's not, it impacts more than just your feelings on them, about them. And what happens when they do X, Y, and Z? Like it has kingdom implications. If you stay attached to a toxic person, Ooh. if you stay attached to a person who is belittling others, who is not walking with Christ, even if they say they are, if the fruits of their, their work are not showing, that has kingdom implications if you stay connected to them. And, you know, in this, you know, I'll say like in this social media and digital age where a lot of our um, worth and value comes from connections, it's the enemy has found his way to even come in and stop the kingdom just through having connections with people. You know, he's just like, you know what? This is this is something new. Let me come in here and see how I can work through this. Okay. I'm not I'm going to make them not like you. And then I'm going to let you focus on that cuz while you're focusing on that, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Gotcha. Honey, my drop. <laughs> Listen. That's a whole word. Y'all better pass the offering plate around. I'll just say <laughs> Catherine over here preaching. Catherine over here learning the hard way. Trying to help y'all out. Don't do what I did. Don't do it. I'm trying to help you, sisters. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, it's it's man, it's just it's crazy, you know. And as much as I love to say and and live in the, you know, being a Titus II woman, 
being a Titus II woman comes with a lot of hurt. It comes with a lot of mistakes. It comes with a lot of, you know, lessons learned, you know, as my mama down south said, you know, hard head, make a soft behind, you know. When you get older, you start understanding these random analogies that your parents throw at you. <laughs> they start to make a little bit of sense. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I've had to learn things the hard way. But in learning those lessons, um, you know, God has provided this platform for us to come and talk to you, you know, woman to woman, sister to sister to say, hey, you know, you're not the only person struggling with this. You're not the only person who has faced this situation. We've been there, too you know, let us tell you what the Holy Spirit has helped us to discern in our walk so that we can help you on yours. Because this is a big thing. You know, I'm just thinking of like the younger girls who, you know, there's an epidemic of trying to find yourself worth through social media. Like that's not what God wants for you. You know, it's okay to be on there and look and be like, oh, that's nice. But when you start, you know, attaching yourself to these things and these people and comparing yourself, you are putting stumbling blocks all along your path of kingdom work. And it's, we can't do that. We we are called to greater things. So we can't allow these stumbling blocks. We can't put these stumbling blocks, you know, in our way as we walk along this path. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it's really important to, to bring out the fact that sometimes it's not just people that we need to guard against. Sometimes it's not outside forces that we just need to guard against. Um, sometimes it's inside. Sometimes it's the voices inside our head that we play on repeat. Sometimes it's the self-criticism. Sometimes it's the negative self-talk, the, the self-doubt, um, the self-sabotage, and even the self-betrayal. Because mm -hmm. sometimes... We um, we won't even have the boldness to be authentic because the voice in our head tells us that we're not good enough. So let's let's just conform. Let's just try to be and put on masks and, you know, be who people want us to be. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, before we start giving you tips on how to help you work through these things. Um, I was telling Catherine about. Um, this this analogy, since we're using gardens, but um, the uh, the analogy of the sucker. Um, so suckers are little like pieces of the tree. They start growing at the base of a tree. And um, as they start to grow, they start off really small, but eventually they get really, really big, really, really fast. And what they do is they plant themselves at the bottom of the tree and they're literally taking all the nutrients and water from the rest of the tree so that they can grow. Um, and so when we talk about dealing with negative self-talk and dealing with the things that we have inside of us that we need to stop doing. Um, it's kind of like the sucker. Um, it looks like it's a part of the tree. It looks like, oh, like, oh, look at that little baby branch at the bottom of the tree. But then before you know it, it's get it gets really, really big, like really, really fast. And what happens is it stops the nutrients from getting up to the top part of the tree, which is like the branches, the leaves, the fruit. Um, it can affect how much fruit the tree actually produces. <clears throat> and when I first learned about this, I had a lemon tree um, at a house that I was renting. And my mom would come and help me do yard work because she loves being outdoors like that. And I said, oh, okay, you know, like, 
okay, mom, like, what are we doing today? She's like, okay, we're going to pick all the lemons. She's like, and we got to cut those suckers off that lemon tree. And I was like, oh, what's the suckers? I thought the suckers were thorns. I was like, mom, that's a lot of thorns. She was like, no, the thorns are there to help protect the fruit. She was like, you leave the thorns alone. The suckers are the thing that's at the bottom of the tree that are growing out. She was like, if you let those things grow, she was like, they'll take over the whole tree and they'll stop the tree from producing fruit. And that's what it's like when you have negative self-talk. That's what it's like when you tell yourself negative things, things that are contrary to who God told you you are and who God created you to be. Um, you have to cut those things out. You have to pluck those things out because eventually it's going to start bearing, like Catherine was saying, it's going to start bearing weight and start deterring you from your kingdom work. It'll have you stuck for years, going in cycles for years, simply because you won't cut it out. You won't stop it. You won't pull it up by the root and say like, no, this I can't do this anymore. I can't talk to myself like this. And I think one of the biggest things is when we have negative self-talk and when we have those voices inside of us, it's the thing that like, it's like our private, our own private conference that nobody else gets to see or hear or even know about because it's inside. We might never actually audibly say those things to somebody else. We might never let a girlfriend know that we think this way about ourselves, but we can, we know the results of what's going on because we're not being effective. We're not growing. We're not becoming wow. what God told us we're supposed to become. We're not doing the things that God told us we're supposed to be doing. We procrastinate. We hesitate. We self-doubt. We sit in our quiet corners and we think that we're supposed to stay there because we'll never be good enough. We're always getting ready to do something. Oh, once I do this, then I'll be good enough to start. God is saying, no, you have to stop now. You have to stop talking to yourself now. Even if the only thing you can do is just say, when I say these things to myself, I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. We have the power and the authority to do that. God has given us authority over our gardens, over our heart. He wouldn't, he, the scripture doesn't say God guards your heart, which he can do, but some of us have to walk it out for ourselves. We have to take ownership of the precious thing that God has given us, which is himself deposited inside of us through the Holy Spirit to say that, no, I cannot operate like this any longer. I have to stand in full authority and in the, and then the glory that God has placed on me. And own that, own that. You are anointed, sis. You are powerful, sis. You have gifts that this world needs. And if you allow yourself to talk yourself out of it, at the end of the day, when God is saying, did you, were you accountable? Were you, did you use the gifts that I gave you to the full capacity? The answer will, will be no. God, I was scared. God, I was afraid. God, I, I doubted what you really gave me. And you'll have to give an answer for that. And that's not to scare you. That's to say there has to be an urgency about you guarding your garden from the things that are going on internally. <sighs> I'm glad y'all got to hear Cara preaching at me. <laughs> oh, <sis. sighs> Ooh, okay. I just need a minute. I just I need a minute. Because God be like, okay, you're not hearing me. 
I'm gonna tell Cara to tell you what I said. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And you know, I'm I'm sitting here. Because, you know, I said, you know, I spent 10 and a half years of my life, you know, letting someone plant that seed in me. And, you know, in reality, if I am honest with myself and I'm honest with, you know, everybody here, it's, wait, I can't do math. It's 24 years that those seeds have been taking root. And thinking that I dug it out, it's like, oh my gosh, do y'all know monkey grass? Like when you pull it out, the seeds spread. It's like spiritual monkey grass. I hate monkey grass so much. <laughs> it is like, it is literally like the devil of plants. I hate this stuff so much. I thought I pulled those, those, I thought I pulled those plants out. But when I pulled the plants out, the seeds found other soil. Jesus. They found other ways to show up. Because I'm still dealing with and struggling with struggling with hold on. I'm still struggling with the idea that I'm not good enough to speak the things that God has given me the testimony and the gift to speak on. I'm still struggling with the idea that I am not yet good enough or that I have not been through enough to be able to tell people, this is what I have been through. This is how I have overcome. This is the grace and the healing and the restoration that is found in Christ. Because when I pulled that one root up by severing that relationship, the seeds dispersed and found other ways to show up. My God. So when I started off by saying, this is some serious business, y'all don't know what you need to hear, you about to hear it. God was like, I bet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, hold my communion wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh father thank oh, you jesus Lord. thank you i don't know about y'all but what i'm gonna do is when i go and edit this episode i'm gonna cut that clip out and i'm gonna put it on my desktop and that's gonna be the one i listen to every single day because baby 
I'm not gonna listen to this this message just once. This this has got to be an everyday thing. It's got to be an everyday everyday thing. Yeah. Whew. I feel like we need to have like the music from the the God is trying to tell you something song playing in the background. Like <laughs> that just that just needs to be like the running soundtrack for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll repeat. <laughs> yes, I may do that. That might be a special surprise uh, when I go back and get it. Um, Jesus, Ooh, oh Jesus. Listen. <sighs> okay. Okay. And I think that is, I think it's also important that we, we give like full context because, and that this is what God is depositing in me right now, that the enemy's job is to keep us from, from fulfilling purpose. Yes. He doesn't care how it happens as long as it, it happens. That's all mm -hmm. he cares about. Yep. And even if that means that he has to help you perpetuate, self-perpetuate the negativity, self-perpetuate the bad seeds that were planted. He doesn't really care as long as it happens. Right. And so and I think y'all didn't know y'all was coming to a deliverance service when you, <laughs> I didn't when you know played, this, when you played this episode. <laughs> when you played this episode. But I, I'm gonna put on the minister hat all the way and just stand in what I'm what God has told me to tell you. But he said that you have the power and the authority through the power of the Holy Ghost to dispel those things off of your life and to declare that today is a new day. That moving forward. This is not how we're going to operate anymore. Moving forward, this is not what we're going to sub subdue ourselves to anymore. You've been saying, oh, I have to be subject to, to those thoughts. I have to be subject to that line of thinking. When God says no, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to overcome. So I just needed to take that time out to put on the minister hat to let you know yes. that God is in the room. He's, he's in the space to help you move through this. And you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a year long thing. It doesn't have to be something. Matter of fact, all you have to do is make the decision. You make that decision and I guarantee you, God will help you on the way. Yes. I mm -hmm. guarantee you he'll collapse time when it comes to recovering from, okay. All right, I'm gonna stop. No, ma'am, keep going. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all of this. Yeah, in. he'll. I guarantee that he'll help you recover the time. And that's the other piece of it too. We talk about this a lot, but I, I believe that that's really how the enemy comes in to get you to just completely stop mm -hmm. is to believe that you are so delayed in fulfilling the purpose that God has for you that you will just say, you know what? It's just too late. And it's like, did you wake up another day? Did, did God give you new mercies for today? Did he give you another opportunity today? He's telling you in the fact that you're still breathing that it's not too late. All he's waiting for is a full surrender. All yeah. he's waiting for is for you to fully take action. Yes. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you. Yep. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Um, one of my... Uh, one of my favorite songs and if y'all don't know like my i could totally be one of those people that are just like you know in a perpetual musical because like every every situation has like a theme song and you know 
um, um, one of my favorite songs, and I know it's old, but one of my favorite songs is um, Moving Forward by Israel Houghton, where it, the, he says, you make all things new and I am moving forward. And I love it. Yeah. Yes. You That's told our me anthem. So. Yes. That's I, our um, anthem for today. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. We, we, we gotta keep going. We gotta, we gotta move forward. So to our sisters, if, and when you found or will find yourself in this situation, in order to move forward, we've got to have some action steps. And so we want to give you quickly some of the action steps that you need to take. And it's it's just like an overarching, you know, kind of one, two, three. But the first thing in order to separate yourselves from toxic relationships, toxic people, from, you know, these, these seeds that want to be planted in your heart and in your mind. Um, in order to guard your garden, this is what we need to do. Yeah. The first thing is you need to build a fence around your garden. The scripture literally says, guard your heart. Whether your, your, your fence is going to be made from, you know, the armor of God, if you want to look at it as a white picket fence, um, if you want to look at it as, you know, a regular fence that I need to have repaired right now, that's a word. Come on, I got, Jesus. I got a fence now that needs to be repaired. You have to build a fence around your garden. And what that means is you have to start restricting access to yourself restricting access from toxic people, restricting access from toxic situations, restricting access from toxic thoughts and behaviors. You've got to put that garden up. That's the first thing you got to do is put a wall up between you and these toxic things. Yes. You have to, because if you don't have a fence up, all of the work that you're doing, trying to recultivate this garden, it's not protected from outside forces. It's it's it still has full access to come in and and dig up the plants you're trying to pull to to tunnel through and you got to put up a fence. That's the first thing you got to do. Yeah. That's good, sis. I think the second thing that you need to do is you need to pull the weeds. Mhm. Mm Since we're using this analogy of guarding your garden, what are weeds? Weeds are things that should not be growing in the garden. And we, I, I love that analogy that you used about the monkey grass, but literally weeds kind of do the same thing. Once they're in the garden, they look to aggressively spread throughout the garden. So every negative word that somebody spoke over your life, every lie that the enemy told you, you have to start plucking those things up. And I said earlier, rebuke it. You have the power to rebuke things. Mm -hmm. So be aggressive and assertive about pulling up those weeds. And and really, you, what you're doing is you're casting down the thought. 
casting down. That's what another um, scripture, I believe in Corinthians, that says that you cast down the imaginations of things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And we just think the knowledge of God just means the word of God. But the knowledge of God means also what God has said about you. Yes. And what mm -hmm. he's called you to. Yes. So we have to cast down those thoughts and the imaginations of things that are contrary to what God has for you. That's really a great way to think of it when we're talking about pulling the weeds. And, you know, I want to add to that as well. When you're pulling the weeds, you have to know, you have to be able to identify what that weed is because each weed is not destroyed the same way. You have to know what it is that kills that specific weed. So if you're dealing with a weed of, you know, self-doubt, if you're dealing with a weed of, you know, self-image, self-love, all of these different things, like you have to know what that weed is and go into scripture, spend time with God and understand what he has spoken against these particular weeds that are trying to grow in your garden. Um, you know, you can't just go in and say, well, I have, I have this, you know, this, this, I, I think I'm too fat. That's my thing. I think I'm too fat. So I just need to stop thinking about, you know, me being fat. My weight struggles also affect my self-worth. They also affect my confidence. So I need to uh, I need to know what God has said about me. What he what he has said about me and spoken over my divinity has nothing to do with my weight. Nothing has nothing to do with my size. But if I'm trying to kill this one weed, it's it's not going to be like that. That particular weed killer is not going to work against the other weeds that are going in my garden. You have to know what you're up against and know how to combat it, you know, through the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures. Um, and so with me personally, the, you know, just giving tangible examples of what I have done to try to pull these weeds out of my personal garden, I've been to therapy. I'm married to a therapist, baby. I'm like, I joke with him all the time. I'm like, I get free therapy every day, but I, you know, I have been to a, a therapist that is not my husband and, you know, talked, talked through, a lot of issues that I that have come up because of my past traumas. Um, I read self-help books and and encouraging books and motivational books. Like that's my jam. I love it. Anything that that I can have in my hands that says because and I think you know at least I'm I'm just gonna speak about myself for a moment. I have the Bible and I can read what the Bible says. But we kind of get into a place, especially if we're not, um, you know, if we're rushing and we're not taking the time that we need to take to spend with God to really understand what he's saying with us, saying to us. You can just read those scriptures and be like, OK, I'm going to check this off my list. And you're not letting you're not letting those scriptures actually be absorbed into your spirit and to take root. So with these supplemental books that I love to read, it's in plain English. You know, somebody has pulled the scripture and said, OK, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. This is how it determines the course of your life. So I can read that and be like, OK, this is what the scripture is speaking to me. I'm a visual learner. 
So, you know, that works for me. Um, and, and I know a lot of people are visual learners. So even when you, you know, read the scripture, okay, let me find something that tells me that can speak to me in ways that I can understand what the scripture is actually saying and what God is trying to say to me. Um, so all of that, you got to pull up your weeds. And then the next part, um, sis, you have to plant the new grass to cover the patches that have shown up. Yeah. And that's really just, uh, and I think when we were discussing that, that point, we were discussing um, healing mm -hmm. because any place that a weed grows, it's done some damage to the grass that was there. Yeah. But I don't think it's something that we can look at in a, in a, in a completely negative light because the soil is still there. And you already know that you have good soil because you're a woman of God. And so what that means is that you have done the work to pull up the weeds and now you have good soil that is ready to receive good seed. And yeah. so you have to go about planting new seeds that are reflective of what God really says and really thinks about you. Um, we talked about changing our behaviors um, and, and, you know, because we did the first step of gar putting that gate around, we're not letting anything bad back into our garden. Right. Right. And we now understand how to recognize those things that are harmful to us. And so now we can say, okay, I know what good seed looks like. So now we develop new habits. We get new hobbies. We talk about doing things that are conducive to what God has said about us, mm -hmm. doing things that are conducive to cultivating our gifts and fulfilling our purpose. Yes. And that's how we start to, to heal those patches or those bare spaces where the weeds were, were having a field day before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Cause you know, once they get in and like, Oh, ain't nobody checking for me. I got free reign to grow. Yeah. Oh, let's do this. Yes. Bring, I'm, I'm bringing all my plant friends, my weed friends. Come on, y'all. Yes. I found a spot. The soil yeah. real good over here. Come here, come here. And yeah. they just grow. And, you know, even, you know, using the analogy and thinking of a, a, a real garden, you know, you don't pick the weed, you don't pull the weeds one time and you're done. Because as long as they have the soil to grow, they're going to continue trying to come back. So you have to be very diligent and watching for the weeds that are still in the ground. And when they, when you see them coming to the surface, pull them up before they had the chance to choke and kill the fruit that was already planted there. Right. That part, that's really good. And, you know, even in the company that you keep, um, you know, we know that with certain plants, they like certain environments. Mm-hmm. And if we're thinking of our heart and our mind as a garden and we're thinking of the word of God as being good seed for us, what are some things that are going to that's going to help the word of God to flourish in our lives? Yes. And keeping ourselves in environments that allow God's word to flourish in us and to thrive in us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's about keeping, you know, making sure that you're very selective about the company that you keep. Yes. And we talked about the benefits of having a good church girlfriend. Mm 
Yeah. You know, yeah. in one of our first episodes. But really, it's important, especially when you know that you have purpose on your life, that you have a calling and you have something that you have to fulfill. It's vitally important that you have a good support system. That's like, I feel like a good support system is almost like uh, adding fertilizer to the soil. It's just going to yes. help to accelerate the growth yes. of God's word in your life. Yes. I Look, I've told y'all before, get you a car or you can't have my car, but you can get you a car. <laughs> um, but no, it, you know, and just to, to reiterate, it is, oh my gosh, it is so vitally important to have you know, to change your environment, which is, you know, people, places, and things to a, an environment that will nourish and grow and help you to produce the fruit that God has given to you to produce. Because if any of any, any of those elements are out of whack, the fruit is not going to be produced the way it needs to be produced. Like, you know, with real gardening, the soil has to be right. The temperature has to be right. You have to have the right amount of sun, the right amount of water. Like there's a balance to making sure that your your fruits and vegetables grow and and sustain you. Like any of that is out of balance, it's not going to grow right. And you know the same thing um, applies to you know guarding your garden, having conditions that are optimal for growth. All right, so. I'm going to do my best to to pray us out of this episode. I'm I'm keep it together. I'm keep it together. <laughs> but I just this is such, you know, even coming into this episode and you know trying to say, okay, to all of y'all, this is an important message. I need you to hear it. <laughs> God was like, what I said was I need you to hear this. And boy, did I hear it. <laughs> I receive it, Jesus. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna pray us out of this episode. I'm gonna keep it together. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come together to speak life to our sisters, to speak a word that will help them to grow and flourish in you. Lord, I thank you for the words that have been spoken through us, that have been spoken to us and to all of those who are listening to us. Lord, I pray that as we allow ourselves to be made new in you, allow ourselves to find the courage and the strength to move forward in you. Lord, I pray that we use these words and these tools to guard our garden. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the wisdom and the discernment to um, remove the toxic people from our lives. Lord, to allow those relationships to be revealed, that you will show us what is there so that we know what we need to do in order to move forward in your kingdom and in your will and in the work that you would have us to do. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to, to build up the, the fences that we need to build around our garden. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the courage to remove the weeds that have been suffocating your purpose in us for so long. 
Lord, I pray that you give us the discernment and the fortitude and the insight and the wisdom to keep an eye open for any of those seeds that the enemy would want to plant in our lives, that he would want to keep flourishing and, and keep popping up in different areas of our garden, Lord. I pray that you will send us the new soil and the new grass that we need to cover up the patches of hurt and hindrance that have been in our lives for so long. Lord, I pray that you will only bring to us the people, the places, and the things that will grow us in the will that you have for us in our lives. Lord, I just, I just thank you. I just thank you that we have woken up for another day to another day of grace and mercy. Lord, that you have given us an opportunity to know that it is not too late, that as long as we have breath and see another day, Lord, it is not too late to start moving forward in the purpose that you've had for us. Lord, I pray that you help us just to truly guard our hearts, to understand the severity of what is trying to be planted in our so in our soil. Lord, that we understand with full clarity that when those seeds are planted, Lord, it ripples through the kingdom, that it stops others from coming to you when we allow those seeds to be planted, that it's not just about us, Lord, that those who have, have a calling placed on our lives have so much more, so much more that is at stake when we allow these roots, these seeds to be planted and to be rooted in our hearts, Lord. And I just pray that you pull them out, that we utilize the strategies that have been given to us in your word to uproot those weeds, to target them, to know exactly what we are dealing with. May it be revealed to us in all things, Lord. And that we plant a garden that brings fruit that will glorify you and edify all of those around us. In your son's name I pray. Amen. been Cara and Catherine and you've listened to another episode of For Church Girls Only. Make sure to follow us at For Church Girls Only on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook and Church Girls Only on Twitter.